I'm glad the Cowboy Bebop live action was terrible because then I went to watch the anime again and it was awesome. Yeah, I heard about that because um, Brian was saying that he wanted to watch it and um, and that maybe we should watch it. Yeah, the actual anime is really good. It's really boring, but... <laughs> I think I tried watching it one time with you and it was boring. <laughs> I did find it boring, I'm sorry. But you've got to give it a go. Like, you yeah. have to like just kind of get into the... If it's like jazz, it's like a jazz anime because of the soundtrack's jazz, and jazz is really boring. But when you kind of get into the the swing and mood of it, it's like okay, yeah, I could exist in this anime forever. And the more I watch it, the more I like it. I think you, yeah, you did try to show it me once, but I think our friend was round and we were both quite drunk, and then it was it got to a kind of like a low bit where we were watching this, but we were kind of hungover, and I don't think it was like the right mood, and I don't think I was in the right mindset for appreciating anything, so yeah. that probably had something to do with it, you know, liking a, it. That's all, you should never watch anything hungover. No, that is very true. Welcome back into Journey into the Strange. I am Taz, and this man drinking out of bottle is. Well. <laughs> I, I realise I asked that at the wrong point. I'll do that again just in case. No, no, we got it. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about taking a second take. That's no, this good. is a one take podcast. Okay, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. If you listen to the edit, I'm not sure that would be true. The edit is a world of good for this podcast. <laughs> It'll be a one-take edited podcast. <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is true. No lies there. This is a podcast where we look at anything from the estranged to the occult to the spiritual to the philosophical, and we um, research it and try and bring you some feedback. Yeah, we kind of research these things so you don't have to. And it's worth noting we're recording in the evening today, so that might be different from the morning. Maybe. Like, I don't do things in the evening if I'm not drinking, but I guess I am drinking, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's different because we did have a weekend plan for it, like, last time, but then, like, things got in the way. Um, so now we're recording on, yeah, an evening weekday, which is different. So we'll see what kind of different energy that brings to the podcast. Yeah, we both got work tomorrow, so a small yeah. sense of dread might be lingering over this podcast. It might be. It so- might be indeed. <laughs> And today's topic was tarot cards. Um, yes. We both went away and did a fair bit of research. Mm. Uh, I understood none of mine and none of it was helpful. I gotta say, it's a very abstract subject. Um, Ralph, before you did any research into tarot cards, what did you think it was? What did you think the idea of tarot card was? I thought it was like fortune telling with cards. Um, also, if you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, like season three, every single one of the villains, it has a tarot card. So I knew them from that. And I was like, I wonder if that will tie in at all. I didn't. And <laughs> um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer mentions tarot cards a fair bit. And in One Piece, there's a villain who uses tarot cards. And yeah. So basically just a kind of anime and popular culture. And Buffy. Yeah, I'd, I'd say mine was probably the same, actually. Like, I didn't really know much about tarot cards i did actually think at first that it was a little bit of a scam and i was thinking like oh well you know it's just people who just take cards and then they all mean the same thing anyway it's just the way you spin them which um i i gotta say after studying tarot cards i have fallen in love with them i love tarot cards now and it's that is something i never 
thought that I would hear myself say. Like, honestly, I have never really been much of a believer of anything. So this is super interesting for me that I found something that resonates with me so strongly. That's awesome. Like I said to you, Offer, you might have, like, I'll let your passion carry us through from this one. Because while I, I, I've come to the conclusion they're not a scam, they can make you become God, I think, if any of my research made was right, or the, the path of the... I don't know. We'll talk about this in a bit. Um, but I'm so confused. When we finish this, I want you to, like, send me your books, which sounds simpler. Yeah, I'm going to say mine were that they weren't super... Um, you, yours genuinely sound like grimoires and kind of ancient texts. Even what I was looking for, all I did to get mine was typing in beginner's book on tarot cards in Reddit. It sounds like you got like, not that. <laughs> no, I don't know what the fuck they think beginners are. Well, I read out my sources just here. Um, I did read a couple of books, but I mainly got a lot of my research actually from a YouTube series that um, someone called Kelly Ann Maddox did. Um, this was years ago. I think she did it back in like, I don't know, at least 10 years ago. It, it was It was like... YouTube when it was like old YouTube and I, I felt like I was di- diving into a piece of YouTube history by looking at it because it was like so low quality but also the information she gives in it is fantastic it's can't fault it at all I wonder if it was so old that it was before dislike button and now you're watching it now and there's no dislike button no because it's genuinely like actually really good content and also she still gets comments on it like you know of this week saying like oh fantastic series really learned a lot from it and I did I learned a lot from it so uh, Kellyanne Marrock's uh, trainee tarot course if you want to research into that I also read um, Kitchen Table Tarot by Melissa Sonova and also Hardworking Tarot Spiritual Guidance and Practical Advice from the Card by Lisa Robinson and uh, that was very good as well so um, so yeah kind of wider I guess of books but none of them None of them so in-depth as I think the ones that you read about. <laughs> yeah, so I read The Pictorial Key to Tarot by, to tarot by Robert Ryder Smith, and I read Golden Dawn Ritual Tarot by Chick Cicero and Sandra Tabatha Cicero, who I married. Oh, right. Not just a weird coincidence. She's going to say that. What, what a second name to have. Yes. <laughs> Coincidentally. Um, and I also read History of Tarot by Robert Place. Very cool. I was going to say, should I light a candle? Yeah, make it feel spooky. Oh, fuck. Well, we lost all of that. Oh, I, I think that's <laughs> God damn it. You guys missed us lighting a candle. I, so. light, I, I lit a candle. I pointed out my crystals. I said we could sage the room. If Ralph liked, he declined. You're caught up. Yeah, yeah. And then I was going to go on about, because of like the whole chaos magic thing, like part of the training to like reach a Gnostic state oh, is yeah. staring at a candle for ages. Mm. So I bought myself one black candle and I just spent like five, ten minutes a day staring at it. I think my mum thinks I'm going slowly insane. <laughs> She's like, why do you have a black candle in your room and a black candle out? I'm like, yeah. No reason. Yeah, I don't just stare at it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I to reach a state where I can talk to angels. That's not what I do. But do you, So um, just on that, before we get into tarot, um, are you still practicing chaos magic? I wouldn't even say I started by the time we did the last podcast. I just read like a book about it. And so you're staring into a candle. Well, now, now I've started to because I was like, oh, I don't know. Might as well. I've got nothing better to do. I was watching Netflix and I was like, I am so fucking bored. I might as well try and like become magic. I love that. Like, I've got nothing else to do. Might as well become a magician. Yep. <laughs> but, and also I got paid. So I was like, I can buy myself a candle and I can buy myself a candle holder. 
And then I was like, oh, it's about my spending money. <laughs> Go all out. But my personal trainer's moving, so I can stop giving him £100 a month. Oh, man. And now I'm going to be able to spend all my money on weird magical crap. Yay. Oh, that sucks he's moving away, then. Yeah, I know. But it's fine. People got to do what they got to do. Yeah. He's moving to Bristol, so I, I can't blame him for wanting to move to Bristol from Bristol's, Fleet. Bristol is cool. Yeah. It's like, it's got like a scene to yes, it. Yes, definitely. Um, But it doesn't have quite as many scary bits as London. That's true. So I think of it as like a posh London. I like Bristol. To circle back round, we were talking about why you fell in love with tarot cards. Oh, yes. So, and what we thought they were. You thought they were a scam and you fell in love with them. So the next question would be, so what caused you to fall in love with them? Well, I think it kind of harkens back to our Chaos Magic episode because I really enjoyed the idea of Chaos Magic, but I never had an experience, you know? Like, I never truly, I guess, fully believed in it, even though consciously I do believe in it because I've read everything about it and I know the logic inside of it. Um it was more like I just didn't have that experience. So it was very sort of like bookish to me, I guess. Um, as soon as I started using tarot cards, I had um, experiences. I had um, cards that would say a very, very direct message. Um, I felt like they, the cards were very much speaking to me. Like I had a connection with the cards. And it's something I've really never felt before. So it's something that I absolutely fell in love with. Because not only have I done readings on myself that have come up with many many different um sort of true meanings and messages but i've also done it on my friends as well and uh and they've come back pretty um positive uh reinforced messages as well so i yeah it, it, it's all working i i just feel like there's something about it you know i also feel that there's um there's a certain amount of i guess i keep hearing the terminology um spicy psychology <laughs> i don't know if you've heard of that i have not it's it, I, I i hear it quite a lot i've heard it more on tiktok than anything but it's um more about yeah about how it's sort of like magic and witchy and all these things but it's actually more psychological mm. to do with your 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 mind and it's more like an outlet to it and it actually although you believe it's magic it's actually psychology so it's interesting that uh, that's an interesting interlocking part to it i suppose and i like the idea of it being a tool so that a tool into looking into your subconscious and actually having these ideas and having these um ways to look at things in a different light i guess i should sort of like go into that and explain a little bit more in the future in this episode about that because i feel like I feel like I'm talking like everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> well, now would be a good time to do that. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll start by saying that from the tool aspect, I think it's a great way of being able to look at a situation in a different light. So you'll draw some cards with a certain situation in mind, and then you'll be able to look at that situation, not from within your own head, but from the idea of the cards. So the, the idea of the cards might suggest something that you've never even thought of before, or it could be something that you've never had a realisation about. Or it might be just you looking at the situation from a completely different angle, and just by doing that, you're unlocking a part of your brain that says, oh, what if, what if I try thinking about that situation in this way instead and i feel like that is a really powerful tool hmm. makes sense to me um 
I um, I'll go to like my. I don't think I said too much. Like I think I was kind of joking about about what my interpretation of the cards is. But I think um, I came away with from what I understood a similar thing in the sense that it's like this is a good way. It's not telling the future. It's more like giving a different insight into your mind and um, allowing you to kind of clarify those thoughts through the cards a little bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And also, even if it. If it solidifies what you think, it yeah. also allows you to have like another window, almost like someone, like a friend, putting their hand on your shoulder, going like, "Yeah, you're right. Trust your intuition." Yeah, and I think that's like again so powerful with the cards because most of it is to do with your intuition and how you're interpreting these things, and then also how you know them to be in the first place. Yeah. So if you have a certain situation, like a bad relationship or something, you may be trying to block out the fact that it is a bad relationship and actually only focus on the good things when really deep down you know that it is you're in a bad spot and the cards may reinforce that to you they may go oh actually yeah you are in a bad spot maybe you should get out of it and then actually by having that second person almost there telling you that you actually start to consider your situation that oh yeah maybe you're right maybe i should get out of this spot maybe i'm not as safe as i think i am yeah, yeah. It's weird. Like, um, I used to, well, I, yeah, I used to go to therapy. And it's weird how many of those, like, these things in therapy that you do that seem ridiculous, like, speak to your, speak to the empty chair, like, you speak to your father. And, like, there's a little bit of you that's like, oh, this is stupid. But, like, when you think about it, like, the cards could be used as a therapeutic tool, like anything else. It's just, like, this is a tool to give you a further insight of your mind and kind of, like, that whole chaos magic thing of, like, reaching a Gnostic state where you, bypass the consciousness with to interacting with your subconscious it's like your subconscious will like intuition subconscious whatever you want to call it they'll interact with the cards because there's something about the symbology and um the way they are that allows that to happen that allows you to like be guided by your intuition more than your like logical mind yeah and also i feel like you can do that but then also your logical mind might be pushing one way or the other and also your intuition might be pushing one way or the other like thinking again, if you know something to be true, but you're not listening to yourself, um, it's a good opportunity to sort of reflect on your actions and reflect on yourself. Um, the deck I got, which is sitting in front of me, uh, which is called the Lightseer's Tarot, um, by Chris Ann. Um, yeah, I wanted to flip through that, but do that off air. Oh, no, you can flip for it. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, or the deck. Oh, the deck. But I'll do that later. Unless okay. you don't want someone touching your deck. No, no, no that's, that's fine. That's, really a, that's the thing. Is I'm glad you know about that as well. It's like, oh, can I, can I touch your deck? <laughs> <laughs> can I touch your deck, please? <laughs> yeah, make sure you're starting the E on that. Yeah. Deck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I love this deck. It's, a be- it's beautiful. There are so many. It's just a, it's just artwork, basically. The artwork yeah. is just insane. But it's also just like such a friendly happy deck like there's so much lovely imagery in there like even the cards that are meant to be like um you know disturbing cards are actually not what's the death card look on it oh i will show you or the devil card they're both are beautiful (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say i have to look oh there's a devil came up pretty quickly he is he looks like a bit like chris angel that really likes cheesy magician that you just said Two things that I did not say. <laughs> like a shock jock, like a shock magician in America called Chris Angel, I think. Oh. Um, 
and he had like black hair and all his like he was like David Blaine but like if he was like metal <laughs> and edgy but like fucking 90s like early 2000s metal so really cheesy David and he Blaine did like metal. an extreme magic trick which is just a card like a card trick but they'd have like a little metal, metal like guitar solo where it's like <laughs> underneath it and, and it was awful this sounds amazing I feel like I need to see this it sounds kind of incredible Jen's <laughs> death Oh, that one's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I should probably describe these cards since this is an audio medium and people don't have video. We should really set up an Instagram after this episode and then post some pictures of our favourite cards. I actually took um, a couple pictures in the lead up to this. One of my tarot journal, which again is sitting in front of me and that is fucking beautiful as well. Um, But also of a uh, a reading I did for my friend, which I'll get into later. But um, but yeah, so the devil is a very um, handsome looking guy. He's kind of got like dead eyes I suppose black hair sort of spinning everywhere he's offering a hand out but the hand is actually um, puppeteering this guy in a hoodie I didn't even notice that yeah he looks he looks like oh I can help you but then but actually like he's got this guy on strings so uh, so that's very cool Um, he's also got some sort of like pentacle 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 no pentagram pentagram is that a pentagram no it doesn't look like a pentagram no it doesn't sort of I don't know it's got one, two, three, four, five, six sides. Yeah. Points? Points. I don't know. <laughs> but a pentagram, yeah, I don't know. It has some kind of pentagram looking thing. Tattooed Did it say anything yeah. about like the symbology of it in the booklet? Uh, of the it card was? itself, of the de- devil. Oh, I'm more meant like what, of the pentagram. Oh, no, it didn't. No, I mean, there's so much imagery within the cards. Uh, that's something I discovered a lot from the kitchen table tarot. Is that um, I think she was using the deck that you use actually. Yeah, that's why I got that one because mm. it's like the most. Co- I actually bought myself two decks because I got myself like the most common, and then I got myself one that I like liked the look of a little bit more. Yeah. So what, what is that? The rider. Yeah, that's the um, rider weight one, which rider is weight. yeah the most common and like most used and like, kind of the basis for like a lot of the modern ones. So I was like, yeah, it'd be good to learn about that one. Do not yeah. try and read this book on it. It is. Unreadable. <laughs> um, we read it, so it can be unreadable. <laughs> yeah, he read it over the course of a month, though. And I was like, I understood none of this. It's mostly just him. I don't. I should have looked at when it was read. That was stupid of me. Uh, written, I mean. But like, it was mostly just him being like, oh, I don't like this author's interpretation of the Tower of Cards. This is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. Oh, this was kind of right, but I think this is wrong. And he also spells shown as shun, so S-H-E-W-N. For some reason, I'm like, even if I, I know this wasn't written later than the 1800s, and I know they still said shown at that time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So every time I read that, and sure. I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. Why won't you spell it right? That's very strange. Hmm. Interesting. It's like, like someone saying salmon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yes, that is the uh, the deck that table. Uh, oh, I cannot say that kitchen table tarot is uh, is based off of, and uh, and she looks into the interpretation of the imagery on the cards. And if there was water in the card, it means there was motion attached around that card. 
Um, but she often looks at the people and what they are saying and who are, who they are looking at and who they they are directed at. They uh, she also talks about um, say the cups like the, all of the cups and, and in a reversal sense if the cups is, they're turned upside down then all the water falls out of the cups type thing. It's very visual interpretation which is quite nice. Um, I like the uh, the Lightseer's deck as well because it, it it takes a lot of those elements but it really um, it takes an artistic spin on each of those things. Um, again with the devil, like I believe in the uh, weight rider um, or rider weight, keep saying it the wrong way around. In the rider weight deck, um, the devil is it has people who are in chains yeah. type thing, but then this interpretation has. The, uh, the devil holding the strings of the puppets. Yeah. It obviously looks like some sort of portrait cell. So, so there are sort of elements of of that tarot, um, the original, sort of like spinning forward into the uh, into the light series deck. And I imagine that is the case with a lot of other decks. Just for like the death card here, it's um, it's very different, I think, from the sort of traditional Grim Reaper that you would see because uh, this guy has a colourful background he has a scythe and he's dressed in a cowl, but his face is completely blanked out by the uh, scene of a kind of burning star over the um, sort of silhouetted trees. So it's uh, it's very beautiful deck. Got to say that the art in it is very special. Um, but yeah, I, I, can't, I just it is such a great deck, and I, I love using it. I really feel connected with it when using it, and I know that feels like such an airy fairy thing to say. And I, I don't think before we even started this podcast that I would like feel that I would have said any of these things. No, I have to admit, with the two I bought, like you know me, I don't um, always take like the best care of my stuff. Like my DVDs will be strewn about everywhere. Everything I own. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I see you're being sarcastic. Yeah, everything's like everywhere. I um don't own any new clothes or whatever. Everything's ripped. But like before, I like I had this weird like when I first picked up the cards, I had like this weird sense of like, no, there's an odd power to these. Like it's stupid, but like if I if I was gonna flip through them after using the toilet, I'd actually like make. I mean, I always make sure I wash my hands, but you know what I mean. Like, or, like, a better example would be, like, if I had something sticky, mm. I'd be like, I'm not going to touch these while my hands are all sticky. I'm going to go wash my hands with, like, a mean, like, greasy stuff or, like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's that they need to be treated with, like, respect. Yeah. And um, cause when I've taken them to um, my friend's house, because I did a reading at my friend's house, um, I, I I kept them in my bag, and like, just in my handbag, in the box that they came in with their, with their little book. And uh, and I, I I thought to myself, oh, I don't. Well, I woke up the next morning and I'd left them in my bag, and yeah. I was like, oh no, I shouldn't leave them at the bottom of my handbag. Yeah. That's so mean. Like, so I took them out and I like shuffled them and I put them back in their box and I put them on top of my crystals on top of the box. <laughs> so it's like, I wouldn't have even see myself as someone who would do any of this kind of shit before. But they, I do agree. Like they do hold some kind of special power to them. I think at least. The energy is there. Yeah. And I, I feel like these days I'm believing more in energy and positive energy. And, uh, and it kind of, I guess, sort of harkens back to the law of attraction as well, which I know is one of the things that we said um, about what doing an episode on, is the law of attraction, the law of assumption. Um, but yes, no, it's, um, it's interesting that, yeah, I feel like they do hold energy and hold power. And um, yeah, no, they need to be treated with respect. And also, it's beautiful. Why would you want to get them sticky? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, well, that's really interesting. So um, you said that you um, did a couple of readings yourself. Um, may, um, because there's quite a few different types of ways of reading. Um, what ones did you do and like, um, how did you go about doing them? So I kind of experimented with a lot of different ways of doing them. Um, I don't think my favourite is still just a, a general free card draw. Yeah. It's certainly because I know you can do a lot with the free card draw instead of just drawing free cards like I do and then it telling the story and plays, it plays out in front of you. Um, there are different ways of doing the free card drawers and you can you can assign different meanings to each card. So you can say like past, present, future, which is what I have used a lot as well. As past, yeah, when I was like experimenting, that's the one I played around with a lot. I do, I like, I like that. But like, the, the thing is with like past, present, future, or like there's one which is um, action, challenge, and resolution, I think. Also, wasn't there one that was like mind, spirit, and body or That's something? That's in mind, spirit, body. There's um, the, the maiden, the crone, and the... What's the other one? I have no idea. I don't know. You know, it's like the three, the three witches, like the maiden, the something, and the crone. No idea. Oh, I swear it's like an Italian budget book. Yes, it is. It definitely is. I'll let you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it too. I just can't get it to my mind. Because I know like, the Celtic one was really popular with like fifth, 10 cards and like one was crossing over one. That's it, Celtic Cross. Yeah. yeah, that's a very, again, that's like, like kind of general spread. I haven't done that one. There's actually one that um, uh, Kellyanne Maddox, the person who I did the YouTube tutorials of, she has a, uh, a sort of hand-worked, like she sort of come up with her, it herself, uh, a general spread reading. Um, and I haven't done actually, and I really would quite like to because it was quite, um, I, I like the way that she did it. Um, but yeah, with the with the, the idea of the sort of general readings is that you have something that represents, um, is it like your friends, your family, the challenges, your hopes, your dreams, your desperation, you know, like all these different things, and then each card attributes to that particular um, position. That position it means that particular trait, I suppose. Um, I did. I I gotta say I experimented a lot, and I do like the general free card, which is just. For me, just putting three cards on the table without any meaning or association with them and then trying to tell the story with those three cards. Yeah. Which I quite like because I I, I personally feel like it gives you a lot of um, creativity. Like you can actually, that you're not locked down by saying, well, this is your past, so this is your present and this is your future. It's like these all tell a story. Yeah. And it could harken back to your past or be talking about the future but it's not locked down in any way yeah maybe that's a simplistic way of looking at it and maybe it's because i haven't been doing the cards very long that it feels like you know that's my interpretation of it but i feel like that's my intuition there. yeah which i think is fine i also think like tower cards would definitely be something i want to come back to within like a year of doing this podcast yes and like see if we like keep because i want to look into them more because i found my research so confusing and so in detail which i'd like to like spend a long time trying to like parcel out and fully understand but I'd like like in a year I'd like to come back to it and be like hey here's how we've like changed using them here's how like we've tried new stuff here's how they've like worked yeah um, I, I, I totally agree but yeah. yeah I was just playing around with the three card one myself yeah also I, it's, it's, it's I feel like that whenever you like see them in tv shows or movies that's the one that like other people do probably because it's like simpler than being like here's fucking ten cards <laughs> yeah. here's what this one means and this one means <laughs> this one crosses over this yeah. one yeah no I, I totally agree it's kind of easier to concentrate on it is the three cards as well 
Um, when I did do one, however, I think I've written it in my tarot journal, which I'll flick forever. I think I wrote quite a lot on it. And there was two really um, interesting things that came out from this reading. Oh, here it is. You made a lot of notes. Yeah. <laughs> this page is actually pretty salon. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this page, it was basically like, oh God, I've written it all down. Like the first card is you. Then your second is your deepest desire. Then your third is your ultimate fear. Your fourth is what your dream life looks like. The fifth is what holds you back. The sixth is material desires. The seventh is emotional desires. The eighth is what drives you. The nine is what inspires you. And the tenth is your passion. So, like, it was a whole big spread. Very much general reading on your kind of life and present and future. Um... But yeah, so I, I pulled all these cards out. And one that really surprised me, one that I don't fully understand to this day, um, was probably uh, what holds you back. And I drew the sun, which is obviously meant to be a very, a, a very hopeful card, like success, like glorious success, and and following through with your desires and living in the moment and being, you know, sort of just great overwhelming success and I was like how is that what holds me back um, I was, and it wasn't even in reverse as well it, it was it was the upright meaning of the card um we should probably talk about reversals in a minute as well just to sort of go over what, yes. what those are um but yeah no, I just thought that was a very interesting like reading and it made me think what is my what does hold me back and I was thinking is it because when you reach that point that celebration of like wow you've done everything like, what then? Like, is that what holds me back? Is the fact that, you know, sitting in complacency, you know, like yeah. sit, sitting in celebration, is that what holds you back? Or is it by being too, um, I guess, like too celebratory of yourself, like too yeah. self-obsessed, too like happy in the moment, does that hold you back? Because you're not actually looking at like the more sad, morose side of things. And is that too much of a good thing? Or are you holding yourself back being like, I could be happier, but I know that would annoy people because people don't like someone being happy or content with parts of their life. So I'm holding myself back by being like, eh, That's a don't good. like this. Yeah. Um, so, Possibly. yeah, like, or like if something's going well, like, you don't want to like, because I know I'm such a cunt for this. <laughs> like, I hate being around people who are happy. Like, I just want to be around people who are miserable so I don't feel bad about myself. But, like, I think that's a fairly common thing about people, but maybe there's, like, a thing that you could be happier about, but you're like, no, no, this is rubbish, I'm not proud of this, because, like, you don't want to bum people out. I guess it could be that as well. Or one idea is just what you've been talking about now, right now, that just occurred to me, potentially imposter syndrome. Yep. When you um you think, oh, yeah, it's all amazing, but, yeah, you're actually like, yeah, no, I'm not that great type thing. Yeah. So, that, I mean, it was a very good reading. But something about this reading, and actually this was one of the readings that really made me sort of believe in tarot. And um, I'm going I'm to get like pretty real here at the moment. But my mum passed away um, earlier in the year, only a few months ago. And obviously that's been like fucking difficult, as you imagine. Only really close with my mum. So I did this uh, big reading. And I got, you know, all of the 10 cards out. And then the first one that I drew, and that's what you are meant to be like that is you in this situation and i pulled the king of cups 
Uh, and I got like that card, you know, it's very like emotionally stable card. Like it says that you sort of like rule your own kingdom. You're not too over emotional. You know how to control your emotions, but it doesn't mean that you stop them in any way. I, I quite like that card. Um, anyway. So, so I shuffled the deck, like, really well. Like, and I like to do this thing where like, I just shuffle it throughout the day, like, when I'm bored or waiting for something to load or I'm in a meeting or whatever, I'm just shuffling the cards. Just yeah. because I like doing that and it's just something to do with your hands. And I don't know, I just love shuffling cards. And, you know, that's something that I've learned about my shuffling You can pretend your job in Arrested Development. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, so as well, I'm shuffling cards. I shuffle the cards really well. So I was just doing this throughout the day. And then uh, my question to the cards that evening was, what do I need? to do to heal and that was obviously like from mum like what do I need to do do I need to go to therapy like what do I need to do to get through this stage of my life and then even though I've been shuffling all of the cards all day I, I put the cards down asked the question took out the front the first card it was the king of cups again and I just broke down crying because that for me was to say you don't need to do anything like you are okay as you are like this is going to hurt but it's fine because you are the king of cups. And it's just that I drew that twice on the same day. Yeah. It, it was, it was to me, very crazy that, you know, that sort of thing happened. And I was, it, it really did actually, it was a moment for me. It really made me believe in, yeah. in the power. And I was like, wow, there's, there's something to this. That's it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I can't say I had any moments like that while I was playing around with them, but that's because, like, I... I'm all, it's hard because I just didn't understand any of my research. Mm-hmm. So that I was like, I was like, am I doing this right? And also like the meanings between the two different decks I meant were totally different. So I was like, oh, really? like not all the cards, most of the cards are the same, but some of them were different. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. They have to be all uniform meanings. Like the symbology can be different, but I, can't, I don't see how you can like do this if the two decks mean different things. Mm. So then I was like, I'm just going to focus on the right of weight one because that's the one that everyone uses kind of the um, original yeah, yeah. I, mean, I have i actually joined a facebook group which is um learn tarot facebook group if you yeah. just, uh, um, put it to facebook learn tarot it, it will come up Makes it's, sense. it's a massive group <laughs> and i was just on that i haven't ever posted anything in it and maybe i should have but um but i've just been sort of looking at other people's interpretations of their readings yeah. and that's been really helpful and um and yeah some people have some bizarre decks and um and it's really difficult um, sort of understand um, the meaning behind them because they are so different. Like some even have completely different suits, like the suit of the moon. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like what does that equate to? Like, what is that meant to be? Is that is that cups maybe? Like, what is that? And and it's really difficult to sort of tell that from the different symbology and terminology inside that deck. Yeah. So I, it's interesting because I'm starting to get the idea that tarot is more. It's a lot more. It, there's no. I guess there is standard rules, like, you should have these many decks and cups, and this is what this symbolises. But there's a lot of, like, because with all the different decks and all the different inspirations and all the different interpretations, it doesn't have to be uniform all the way through for, like, everybody. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, everyone can have their own unique take on a card or, like, interpret a card their own way. I think so. I think it's really difficult to sort of, like, put one card down to one particular meaning because yeah. obviously there's so many different meanings and uh, and everyone has a different one so <laughs> it's really difficult to sort of um to pick but if i had to pick i would go with the original because you know obviously that's that's the one that most of the other decks spill off of i suppose yeah which is funny because like when he was in the book he was like this will be the definitive power cards no one has to make another deck again this is gonna <laughs> be the end all and be all and then 
that like it's like Alan Moore being like, I'm gonna write Watchmen. This will be the end of all comic book stories. <laughs> because, you think that? Yeah, he was like, Well, this is the um, comic like comic book superheroes kind of dismantled. So once I've done this, there doesn't need to be any more superheroes. Was stories. he like horrified when they were? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. He was like, Oh no, everyone's taking my work and Oh, it's all in, and now they're all doing Watchmen just with actual super. I hate this so much. He was like, guys, I did it for you. You don't have to do this anymore. He is so stupid, though, because he was like, Watchmen's kind of proving that if heroes are real, then they'd all be kind of like sexual freaks and rapists and just insane power hungry madmen. And it's like, yeah, probably, but you know, that doesn't mean superheroes can't exist in the comic book form because they're not real. Like, yeah, and, and also, like, this is why we don't have them in real life. Yeah. Like, we want to enjoy the fantasy, that's why it's written. Dragons couldn't be real, but, it, like, you know... You want to enjoy reading about <laughs> Exactly. You know, just sit there and be like, well, this could exist in the real one. But it's also kind of the same with Robert Wade, where he's like, I'm going to do a definitive thing so no one has to make one again. And then you're like, oh, of course people are going to, like, interpret your definitivism as something... Yeah, well, else, looking yeah. into it from a different spotlight. And yeah. from, and, like, being inspired by, and, like, you can't, you can't end something. All you can do is add to it, even if you think, like, this is the definitive. And I guess it still is in the sense that this is the one everyone refers back to, and if, like, there's, like, teaching courses, it's probably going to be using that one as a blueprint. But, you know, you don't use a blueprint and then live in the blueprint. You build a house <laughs> off of it. <laughs> That's very true. I like that analogy. I actually bought that deck. It's, it's not specifically that one. But um, my friend, um, who also is into tarot cards, what was I into the idea of tarot cards? She's had a few readings before, and um, and she um, asked me to do her reading, and she was really interested into it. It was her birthday, so I bought her a deck, and she uh, she she has that deck now, so it's really good. Apparently, that's it. You should. You should always gift your first deck, or you should find your first deck, or you should, or a deck. You should kind of accept it from someone else, or, or come to you out of some weird scenario. Yeah, so, I remember reading that. I was like, oh, I I guess, Amazon. You know, should have made my mum buy it for me off Amazon. Like, mum, go on Amazon and buy me this, and then be like, hey, it's a gift. That's it. And be like, you, I'm, I'm giving this to you, obviously, free of charge. So, were there any cards that like stood out to you, or like? I I like a lot of the different cards. Um, I think when I actually in the book, the Lightseer's Tarot, the little book in front of it, it says that you should look for each card and draw out one of the ones that appeals to you the most. Yeah. And that can be your light card and um, and you'll bring out your shadow card, which is your reversal card. So it should be um, one that you feel like, one that you feel very uneasy with yeah. and you need to sit with and one that you feel very um, likened to and that, um, that will sort of be your guiding star. And uh, I did this so long ago, I can't actually remember who I picked, but I think the Queen of Cups was my light card. Yeah. And then I think I think it was the Nine of Swords, which, wow, these cards have literally just dropped out of me. <laughs> I found those within two seconds. But the Nine of Swords, um, that was my shadow card. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, I just did it from the imagery, but the, the Nine of Swords is um, a woman... Like she looks terrified, crying in a field with a pillow. She's wearing a red red dress. Uh, all these crows are circling above her. It's night. It just looks like a sort of awful scene. And then, uh, and then the Queen of Cups, uh, Queen of Cups, is just uh, you know she's beautiful. She's having a great time. She's got like she's in the water. She's half in, half out of the water. She's looking up. She's got this sort of like halo effect going on around her. Like she looks very imperial, but then also like very kind and passionate and loving at the same time. So um, those are the two cards that stood out for me in particular. I don't know if you have any that stood out for you. 
Not so much. I liked the Death and the Devil card because they looked cool. But they that was about cool. <laughs> as much as far as I went in that one. Um, can you remember like what the meanings of all 72 cards are? Do you still have? Because I was trying to like play games with myself to like be like... Really? Um, that memorizes Yeah. Oh my god, um, wow. It didn't work. No, so, I was going to say, I mean, I tried to I remember... I can probably remember what all the 22 major ones are. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, the major ones are easier for me to remember. And if we're talking about the major arcana, that's probably something that we should talk about, the Fool's Journey as well. Yeah. That, that falls very much We should also that. maybe just clarify what the major and minor arcana are. That's true. So, in tarot cards... There are uh, 78 different cards. And then you have the 21 major arcana. Yeah. 21. And then um, the rest are the minor arcana. And the minor arcana are split up into suits. And that is the suit of cups, the suit of swords, the suit of wands, and the suit of pentacles. And uh, they each have court cards associated with those particular um, suits. So you have pages, knights, kings and queens and um they all sort of have um associated meanings over the different suits so suits uh will mean their own thing say such as pentacles is much is very much about um sort of material possessions money wealth um having your feet on the ground it's an earth element yeah i was gonna say that you'll have like a different element with like i think it's cups is fire isn't it no cups is water wands is fire right pentacles earth and swords is air right and swords is kind of the bad one from my my research i i feel that there are a lot of negative connotations in the sword stack um However, also swords has the uh, meanings of intelligence as well and sort of forward thinking. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's not necessarily like a bad suit. It's just like a different interpretation of different um, meanings and, and certain ideas. Um, yeah, so you have the different... So all of the kings will mean like sort of... Um, I guess, what would you say? The kings, to me, what I like consider to be kind of the end of the journey. So like... Um... Well, the King of Cups, um, like the Cups is the emotional one, isn't it? Yes. So like the King of Cups is like, uh, your emotions are under control and you know them and you're in control of them and it's all good. Yeah. Um, there is. There is King of Cups. So like, the, oh yeah, that's awesome. I like him. He's a good card. Yeah, he looks like he'd be fun to smoke weed with. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, does, he looks very chill. Yeah. I gotta say that. He does look very chill. Um, yeah, and I, I like the idea of that, of being like kind of master of your own kingdom. Yeah. You've got no one to sort of like look down on, on you. You are the the father and the keeper of your land. Yeah. And I think that that's very... Um, but that's why, isn't it? Like, I'm not wrong. The king of cards, like, each oh, king yeah, is kind sense. of like the end of the journey of that suit of cards. So like... I wouldn't necessarily say it's the end of the journey because... I guess so many cards mean that, mean the start of the journey and then the end of the journey. I guess you could definitely say that because obviously the king is the last in that particular suit, whereas yeah. the ace is the beginning. But it also feels like, and all the kings, they had like mastery over that particular yeah, thing. that's it. Like you have reached a certain, um, a certain level, which means that you are sort of master of your, of your kingdom. But then by the same token, the king and the queen 
Um, obviously, there's that male and female energy associated with each one, and uh, male being the sort of logical, more father figure, and uh, the queen being very much a sort of like more emotional and more caring figure, more maternal. So I think that they are equals, but they are coming at it from different sort of sides, I yeah. suppose. Oh, that actually relates to one of my few bits of research that I understood, because most of my research like went on about the Kabbalah, and there's two sides of the Kabbalah. There's like the sword, there's the flaming sword down the middle. Maybe I should explain what the Kabbalah is. Yeah, go Kabbalah... we'll probably back to the beginning because I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either, really. So this is going to be a mess. That's what I mean. Your research was so in depth and so like strange in comparison to mine. But I found mine was very straightforward. And it just talked about the meaning of the cards, and you're talking about like the Kabbalah or talking the God. Mine was too in depth. I didn't grasp any of it. It's like a, like I was a frog and I was in a pond and I couldn't like, the pond was so deep that when I got like an inch down, I was like, oh my God, the pressure, I can't understand this. I need to go up to the top and get some air. Um, the Kabbalah, from what I understand it, is the blueprint of the universe and the human psyche. And you can move up and through the Kabbalah. So there's the path through the Kabbalah, which each tarot, uh, major arcana card represents. And there's the static states of being which are called sephiraphs which each of some of the minor arcana cards represent because they're more static so like i think it was like the major arcana cards kind of always represent like movement and you, the journey while they're more like mean what they mean and then there's then this is a blueprint of the universe or the blueprint of how to become a god or like become one with God spiritually, blah, blah, blah. Wow. I don't know. I might be wrong on all of this. It was very confusingly written. We but have a also... episode at some point, so we'll know then. Maybe. <laughs> Even then. Um, and then there's the left side of the Kabbalah, which is the female energy. And then there's the right side, which is the male energy. And then going down the middle of the Kabbalah is the flaming sword, which I think is like the creation energy of the universe. Um... <laughs> I don't know how meta it is, it's crazy. I don't understand. Uh, so my point, which I was trying to get to, was that, yes, the cards in the Kabbalah do represent feminine, but like it's not even feminine as in like the idea that of feminine that as we have it. Okay. It's more like feminine and masculine in the sense of like these big universal concepts. Oh, of like okay. the masculine means control and strength and hard or feminine's more like it means it's more like a creation love. oh okay compassion yeah, so, like... yeah stuff like that uh, um, i guess that makes sense in the sense of the cards as well because yeah, yeah i wouldn't say like like only females can draw the queen because that's ridiculous you know like obviously you can be um either or any gender and, the, and still have like masculine and feminine parts to you and the idea is that you're meant to like move through each other sephiroth which are like if you look at the cabello it's like circles and then little paths between the circles and you're meant to move through each other circles to like eventually become unity with god but it's not like you're only meant like as a male you're only meant to like go through a certain path where you're only moving through the masculine yeah. sephiroth so you have to like kind of move through all of them so yeah it's not it like i think the whole idea is it's not like feminine masculine aren't absolutely like you're not meant to be like separate sides of the coin where they never like touch they're meant to be both the same side of the same coin yeah yeah, yeah. The sides of the same coin so that it, it all continues so, and that's the thing you wouldn't say like 
oh yeah, no, I, you know, I am completely worldly, but I've only ever done masculine things. Like, yeah. That makes no sense. Like, obviously, to be a full and whole person, yeah. you need to experience both sides of both of the emotions and both of, you know, genders attributing to both. And again, I don't even parts. know in it if it's even that much to do with gender. It's just, I think that's just... Ideas, the, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I understand. I understand. I ideas, understand. <laughs> ideas of a particular gender and what their gender could could mean yeah if it was a metaphor rather than it being like oh you're a woman do you like yeah yeah i don't think it's like that it's yeah. more of a it's so confusing <laughs> this is very confusing i feel like both of us are talking about shit we don't understand no. right now <laughs> there's a hundred pages on the Kabbalah and it didn't like if you, if anyone who listens to this and knows about the Kabbalah, please don't like email or at me <laughs> telling me that I'm an idiot because I know I'm aware, I get it, I'm on board, I am very stupid. But this was so confusing. We haven't got into it yet. When we get into that episode, we'll try. We'll try. And honest. fail. I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm positive we'll fail. It's so there's so much to it. It's it's honestly it's like fucking trying to learn. It's like trying to learn about the Kabbalah from the like hundred pages I read. Is the only thing I can like at com- like compare it to was being back in my physics class where it was like, what do you mean speed means motion times whatever? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is everything in a triangle? I don't. Yeah. Anywho. Wow. Um, what a what a, uh, what a sidebar. Yeah. Into the Kabbalah. <laughs> um. So I guess we were talking about the suits. So yeah. um. Oh yeah. So yeah. King with very worldly. Queen, very worldly, but in a sort of compassionate sense. Did you ever see what the difference between the major and the minor were? I, I wanted to get to that, yeah. Okay, so cool. we sort of started talking about like the pay, um the court cards. And there's the knights, which means kind of mean like direct and forward action, and then the page, which is sort of like beginning something new and trying to learn something. And and those are sort of relevant to each of their suits. Yeah, so I guess um going from one to ten. Um, I guess one is meant to be sort of like the start of something new and fresh. And then I've always, like, to, to my research, 10 is too much. Yeah. It's like you've gone beyond the point of comfort and that you have too much of something and you're actually trying to sort of aim for and, um, what the book that I read, um, Kitchen Table Tarot. She said that nine and three quarters was a good a good card to aim for, even though obviously that doesn't exist. But yeah, uh, but yeah for uh, Harry Potter fans out there, nine and three quarters, platform nine and three quarters, the card nine and three quarters is a great place to sort of aim for because it's you've reached a point of, of of sort of greatness from nine that you haven't fulfilled. You're always still working towards something, whereas a ten I feel is like too much of everything. Yeah, makes sense. Yep, that's also what I got. I think. Excellent. And then there's but obviously trials and tribulations between the sort of one and the um, ten. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's obviously uh, sort of dependent on um, on sort of where you are within the. One thing I definitely picked out, picked out is that like, my God, these tower cards are. There's a lot in them. Like it's not. Like, I thought it was gonna kind of be like playing cards mm. where you could be like. Here's what, what I mean, like, you just assign meaning to each card and you pick it up and you're like, here's what this means. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so many, like, weird stories and narrative journeys going on in the cards and, like, each person really does represent something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, to talking about the narrative journey, I wanted us to bring up the Fool's journey, which I thought was a cool idea, which you can talk more about. Yeah, no, so the fool, uh, Fool's journey 
uh, zero card in the deck. So I guess the first card in the deck is the fool. And, uh, and the fool is basically the sort of you card, I suppose. It's someone who's naive, who's starting a new journey, who doesn't quite know what they're in for yet. Which, coming back to my Kabbalah thing, is you're the fool starting at the beginning of the journey into godhood, and then you move through each other's sephiram. Oh, right, wow. And then um, by the end, you are, like, one with God. So that, I think, is another reason why the Kabbalah and the tarot cards have, like, such in people's minds uh, overlap, because, again, at both parts, you start as, like, very basic. Yeah, and then you learn as you yeah. walk through the cards. Um, so the Fool is, is meant to go into, like, the first card, which is the Magician. And then from the Magician, he learns... Um, how to manifest all these different ways of wisdom of how to send himself uh, and then he meets all these different characters along the journey so I think is to the high priestess I believe yeah or the empress hold on uh, oh yeah. I, no, no it is a high priestess I was correct haha uh, yeah so the two is the high priestess that He's is the empress sort of means um i guess the subconscious and looking inward and yeah. being very sort of powerful within your own intellect and your own in psyche i also uh, kind of think the whole idea of the fool's journey is kind of cool from like just a physical standpoint because obviously when you shuffle the deck the fool's getting moved through the deck oh, so he's yeah. always like on a physical journey that is very true i didn't even think of that that's very cool um yes number three is the empress which means sort of divine femininity and fertility and motherhood and unity and compassion and abundance. Um, I won't list all of them because there's literally 21 of them and then more. So, yeah, so it's probably not best by listing the meanings of each card. We really agreed that we didn't want this episode to be like, here's yeah. number one meaning. <laughs> yeah. So 36 or uncertain, nine or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, so basically, yes, the idea is that the four will go through all these different trials and tribulations, meeting all these different people. I've seen it likened to the fool having many different doors in front of him or her and uh, and being able to go through each door and experience what that card has for them and then to come out again and then to experience the next door. And um, some of the cards are very destructive and, and very, like, difficult. You know, that you have cards such as the tower, which just means ultimate death and destruction. So, like, complete overwhelming, um, you know, your world being turned upside down. I think in the Weight Rider deck, it's like le- electric bolts coming down from the, on, from the sky and the towers falling over and people are falling to their death. You know, it's like a, a hugely up, you know, uplift. No, what's the word? Up. Upheaval. Yes, that's it. Furious upheaval. Um, and then again, you have like cards like Death and the Devil, which again have the, we've briefly touched on, but. Um, and also, it's probably worth saying at this stage, um, death doesn't actually mean death. Death generally means a metamorphosis and a change and a big change that's coming in your life or has come in your life, uh, rather than death itself. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of one stage and the beginning of another, so the death of a self almost, and then a moveable into the other phase. Yeah, a rebirth. And actually, in the Lightseer's deck, it is actually um, called Death Slash Rebirth, which I thought was actually a quite nice... Comforting. Yeah, it is, it is. It's a very, it's a very nice feeling deck. It doesn't, it doesn't... Even the Ten of Swords is like a nice card, sort of like moving on to new pastures, trying to feel 
to find healing through the trauma that that person experienced. Whereas I think in the Wake Rider, like a tenosaur is literally someone being stabbed by tenosaurs. Yeah, so. that's, that's <laughs> I think it's more like, I think in the Wake Rider, like, it's like betrayal. It symbolizes betrayal and overwork. That makes sense. Um, let me have a quick look what it does. Um, um, tenosaurs. Oh, no, it's a way. Is it? Yeah, the ten resembles. Wait, hold on. I'm on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, it's on cups. Oh yeah, no, cups are very nice. Set of swords is more. Uh, you keep talking while I'm trying to find this. Okay, so in the ten of swords, my little book says painful endings, crisis, being stabbed in the back, an opportunity to find deep healing, and an opportunity to find hope and resilience. Yeah, that's essentially exactly what mine is, apart from all the positive stuff at the end. Uh, I mean, but the imagery on my card is a woman, she's in the desert, the, the, um, the sort of birds are hovering above her, but she is turning away from the sort of camera that is the card, and she's looking towards the sun, as in she is able to sort of find that healing and find um, sort of redemption from that trauma. And well, it's not that different in mine. Mine yeah. is... The turn indicates a major disaster or betrayal. It warns using the victim mentality to dwell in the past lights. So I think it also means that something terrible is going to happen or like has happened in the past, but it's also a way to find a way. It's showing that you need to find a way to move past that and not let it consume your life. I, I totally agree. And also that's something um, that I learned from the uh, Kitchen Table Carrie book because um, she puts a lot of emphasis on actually reading and reading for other people. And um, something that she will always say is not to be so callous with the cards. So uh, she gives an anecdote about, about um, she's always read cards like, since she was a teenager, but she used to do it for sort of like weed money, basically. And uh, and she used to like kind of gather... That's why most of my friends do anything. <laughs> so she'd like gather these friends, like, you know, or just do it at parties, you know, and she'd ask for like, you know, five quid or whatever. Um, or I guess it would. It was American, so five dollars. Oh, is it bad that like I was like when I hang out with someone, I just don't have anything to say to them. When I get a little bit better, I might just bring tower cards so I can like chill out the evening. <laughs> oh my god, do it! I mean, you get so many interesting people and things to talk about as well. Yeah, so she used to do it like for five dollars a pop, that sort of thing, and then she would um, so get these people over, and then she'd do a free pass for this woman, and then she was like, "Ha, your boyfriend's cheating on you," type thing. Uh, yeah, I know. So and then she said it so like, like you know, like oh, this is what it is, you know, this is black and white type thing, and. Um, because she saw it in the cards, and because the cards spoke to her, and because she actually had that connection with the cards, she knew it was true. If this was like uni, it's probably a safe bet that he probably was anyway. <laughs> I mean, apparently, I don't, I don't think you actually ever learned from that story whether he was or not. I mean, I kind of expect he was from the way that she wrote it, but it was kind of the fact that she was so brash with it and was kind of like, ha, I know this thing about you, ha, type of thing. It's like, oh. But really, it was that girl's life, you know, yeah. her whole, like, life was being turned upside down because her boyfriend was cheating on her and that's a really horrible and awful thing to discover in any way. Um, so, yeah, I think that was her sort of whole resolution is even when you do get a card like the Ten of Swords and it is something really terrible, you know, and like the Tower, you know, it, it's not about oh, you know, this is really horrible and destructive and, you know, this you're never going to come back from this type of thing. It's, it's all about phrasing it in a certain way, which is like, hard times are coming. You're not going to come out of this unscathed, but you will come out of this and you are able to look beyond this and there is light at the end of the tunnel. And 
to do reading in that way so that there is hope instead of being all doom and gloom and like, oh shit, better watch out where you can't because this is what's going to happen to you type thing. You know, it's all about sort of coming out of that healing. I do feel like all the cards, for the most part, probably do are more leaning towards positivity than negativity. They're all about a journey and about like coming to a conclusion and learning new information like most a lot of the cards meanings are like you might discover this and this also can i just talk about one piece for like two seconds <laughs> sure i just want to like there's a villain in one piece who like uses um power cards huh? and then he got defeated at the end of this major arc um and anyway the last card he drew was the tower card and like this is oh the tower yeah oh uh, i thought you said the tarot card and no. i was like wait what <laughs> um, and this is before i was learning about power cards so like i read it and um this is even before we started doing the podcast or like talking about the podcast and i was like i wonder if that's right i was like i'll never have a way of knowing and that but the, um, <laughs> i don't have google the internet <laughs> at my fingertips um and but and he, he said that the tower card was um it symbolized the uh, an upheaval and there was going to be a lot of um trauma and hardships to become but there was gonna, eventually it was going to move into a new world and then I was like oh it's cool that the author of One Piece did so much research on Tower to like get that kind of nailed that's really cool yeah One Piece is awesome I need to I say I need to no one will watch it but but no, no, there are far too many episodes for me to get invested also the anime is terrible no one should watch it but yeah <laughs> It's really good. You're very much an anime snob. I think we need to sort of like president that with um, with this conversation. It's just unwatchable because like... <laughs> unwatchable. They wouldn't have made it. It was unwatchable. You say that about like My Hero Academia as well. It's like, oh, it's unwatchable. The fifth season was so bad. It's like... It's <laughs> one Piece or My Hero? One Piece doesn't even do seasons. I mean, this is why it's unwatchable. It's because it comes out every single week. So, like, basically all it is is recaps and recuts and re-edits and, like, other episodes where maybe they'll get, like, one new scene in every single episode. Really? And, like, One Piece is kind of like Looney Tunes. Is like the draw of it is the energy and the, like, vibrantness and the, like, quick pace of every chapter. Like, by the time you're in chapter, you're dropped into this amazing world with all this imagination and it's, like, flung in your face. And then you watch an episode of the anime and everything is so drawn out. You're just pulling your hair out. Oh, man. Anyway. This, uh, yeah, I'm not editing this out, though, because people yeah. need to know that they need to read One Piece and not watch the anime. And also, My Hero Academia, like, again, in season five, and this was probably COVID, so, but it was like, recap, 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 everyone remembering back in an episode, you maybe get, like, one new scene, and it sucks because I have my favourite arc and the whole thing in it, and it was butchered, and I, I'm angry. The tower card would represent the season five <laughs> My Hero Academia. Oh, man. That is some hard... I got through the season five manga within about two hours. It doesn't take that long. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Maybe it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. And you only have to pay one, like $1.99 for Shonen Jump, and then you can read it on an app on your like tablet. Please sponsor us, Shonen Jump. <laughs> And then I can like talk about. You're like that product placement, and now I'm not paying us any money. And then I can like talk about Luffy and the ad and stuff. <laughs> oh man, we should do like an, a fake ad for them. <laughs> yes, and then they will sponsor us. We'll talk about that next. <laughs> anyway, what was my point? I don't know. Um, so, oh, the tower card. Yeah, and that's the major arcana. That is the major arcana. It ends with the world, which is sort of meant to be like worldliness knownness being able to uh, understand the world around you being at one and at peace with everything sort of come full circle as it were in jojo's bizarre adventure the world is a 
stand. Yes. He did that because I rolled my eyes because we were talking about anime. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun because if you listen to the Japanese dub, they will say the world funny and it became a meme. So, yeah. <laughs> I won't ask you to repeat how they sound. No, I don't want to get this cancelled. <laughs> Not racist against Japan. I watched loads of New Japan wrestling. Anyway. Oh man, that's something that's going to definitely come out in this podcast. Yeah. You don't know much about us yet, listeners, but you will one day. Yep. Know, us all, know all about us, I'm sure. And Ralph's like massive following of New Japan wrestling. My tendency to talk about everything I'm interested in, even if it has nothing to do with anything, might be coming out right now. It's fine. Um, so yeah. So Start podcasting and do what we want. <laughs> I think that's the major and minor arcana cards. Um, Should we talk about reversals? Yeah, you might have to go into them more because I don't really, like, understand what they were. Okay. Because my books explain nothing. Yeah, it seems like your books were very, like, um... They talked about reversals, but they didn't talk about when they would come up or why they would come up or... Oh, okay. My books were for, like, experts. Yeah. Again, as well, I don't think I said this on the podcast, but I typed into Reddit tarot card beginner books and the stuff they gave me was not for beginners so <laughs> fuck you Reddit don't trust Reddit no I know um, so reversals in my understanding are you can flip a deck and obviously keep it all the same way however uh, so all the cards will come up face up yeah face up and, uh, and straight up and you'll see the artwork in the correct way as it was drawn however if you split your deck in a certain way and um, turn some cards upside down, um, you also get a reversal, which is when you pull the card up in the reverse manner of how it was drawn. So you'll get it upside down, basically. Um, and this is, it, it can represent many different things. To my understanding, it either means rocked energy around that particular subject. Uh, yeah, I got the impression it's usually like bad stuff. Yeah, sometimes it can mean the opposite of the card, which obviously if it means you get a bad card, then it can mean like the opposite of that. So it's good. Um, but then that's not often how I feel that it's read. I feel like it's either just a sort of like twisted or say even more sort of insidious version of that card. It basically just means um, a different sort of understanding and different way of seeing that particular card. So let me just draw one now. Uh, so that is the Seven of Cups. So I will read out the Seven of Cups and then I will read out the uh, the reversal. So in the uh, straight up way, the uh, the right way up, uh, Lightseer, which is what it says in this deck, and it says Lightseer and Shadowseer, which basically means right way up in the reversal. So Lightseer, uh, right way up, means fantasies, choices, wishful thinking, the allure of temptation on the path, needing to move forward without knowing the full picture and options. Whether in Shadowseer, if I rotate this card, so it is in the the opposite position of that, uh, it means feeling blocked by indecision, fear of making the wrong choice or being overwhelmed. So you see how the lightseer, the sort of upright version of that is like having options, having choices, having a lot of different room to grow into each one of these different choices. However, shadowseer is being overwhelmed by choice, but being too much choice, but not being able to make a choice because there's too much of it, you know? So, um, so it basically means, it can mean the opposite or it can mean, yeah, just sort of like a different version of that card. We'll take another one as an example. So we've got the chariot. I actually drew this in reverse, but we'll put it the right way just so I can see uh, the right version of it. And I will 
Can I just have like a look at the car? Yeah, isn't maybe you can touch it if you want. I'm yeah. I'm not precious. Okay, you'll yeah, get cool. the energy off of it. <laughs> so uh, the cha- I like the chariot card. It's very beautiful in this deck. So uh, upright it means victory, speed, and action, determination, harnessing and uniting oppo- harnessing and uniting opposing energies. Success, travel, confidence, willpower, and control. However, in reverse. It means lack of energetic focus, lack of self-discipline, going in the wrong direction, and a tendency to speed past the needs of others. So it, you can see how it's a very similar reading between the sort of like light and shadow of that card. However, they are sort of, they mean the sim- a similar theme. They have similar themes going on around them. They mean the sort, sort of similar actions. Um, however, it, they, they do have sort of opposing actions in there as well. Yes. So that is my understanding of reversals. <laughs> I don't have too much time for that. Basically what I got, like, it's cool. so it's not the opposite, but it's like the inverse. Um, so if it's good, it becomes negative. If it's negative, it kind of becomes okay, but also negative. I don't think it necessarily changes if they're good or bad cards. But yeah. it does, because it does make the good cards slightly worse. Yes, I found, like, really good cards, like the sun. Yeah. If you're looking at the sun from a, uh, from a opposed point of view, like, it can mean, like... Uh, uh, definitely uh, not as as sunny it's sunny yeah I'm not even the right word for it so in my book it says um, the sun in lights here is joy inspiration success abundance and fulfillment exuberant creativity positivity love whereas in shadow it means delays negative mindset self doubt lack of confidence a need to tune out negative mindset and find inspiration so it, it's it's not terrible it's yeah. not like oh the sun is so so good and now in reverse it means death type thing you know it, it just means sort of like a, i guess a sort of skewing of that you know if you were to look at that card through like a sort of like distorted glass you know like it would be the same ish meaning but always something to focus on so yeah. like you know if i feel like if i get a sudden reverse it almost feels like i need to focus on how I can get the sun in the cor- in the in the correct way, up the right way. Yeah. I feel that's the same with a lot of cards. Is if you're drawing them in reverse, it's like, why are you drawing them in reverse? Focus on that and try and turn them up the right way. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, so this brings me to something I was curious about. Do you, and what was your one interpretation of the hangman? Because it, this is something that really confused me. Because in the first book I read, which um was the Golden Dawn Tarot. The mm. Hangman was some was a bad card. It was um, oh. let me find it here. That's um, funny because I don't necessarily see it as a, a bad bad no, card. But it, continue, continue. The, it, here it says interpretation in a tarot reading: enforced sacrifice, punishment, loss, fatal, and not voluntarily, voluntarily, voluntarily suffering generally. That was the tarot in that one. But then, oh, in the, oh my god, Biden, that's oh my sorry. I just like had a moment because I literally just pulled out my card as in the flicker it is on the hangman. That's kind of what the fuck. <laughs> Sorry, when you start looking into this sort of stuff, you see like all these syncrasies and it's kind of like. It's all back to that chaos magic thing that is when you're like starting to double with magic, it like there's billions and billions of weird synchronicities. Yes, very strange. But, it's very strange. Anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll put my like. Yeah, well, I'll put a lid on that. <laughs> the one was um, the hangman is having upside down. Is a I'm just going to read this out verbatim. Go for it. The hangman is hanging upside down from a live tree. 
gaining a different perspective of the world. He is not suffering, but is rather calm and observant. The hangman indicates the need to pause, look around, and be willing to surrender to new ideas. And those that was the only one that had like a major, major, major difficulty difference between the two decks that I was researching. Yeah, that's really um, interesting. So I was curious what yours said about the hangman. Well, I um, also, probably something I should have mentioned up top in the sources is I used an app called Labyrinthia. And uh, and that was quite uh, interesting as well. Basically, so it, it's sort of like a memorization tool. So it will give you a card. It will give you the reading of the card and its reversal if you want to do reversals. And then you click on it and then it's basically trying to like memorize what the card is and it says what does this card mean and then you multiple choice answer so it's yeah. a good tool to like learn the cards basically and I, I, I should spend more time in it actually because it is a very good app does it kind of make you sad that like two years ago you were landing Japanese that's something that's actually useful <laughs> <laughs> no because Japanese burned me man I uh like to go into a little sidebar I learned I'm te- first off First off, dear listeners, I'm terrible at languages. My brain just doesn't work that way. It doesn't stop me wanting to learn them, though. I guess that's also how awfully my brain works. But anyway, um, so I started learning Japanese, I think, from GCSE when I was, like, 16. I did not get my GCSE in it because I'm terrible. And um, and then I, I put it down over uni. And then uh, one of our uh, mutual friends actually uh, said, oh, I want to start learning Japanese. And by that point, I had been trying to pick it back up again for two years. And I thought I was doing okay. Like, I was learning the candy. Like, I was getting back into it. I was like, yeah, no, this is cool. Like, I totally, like, you know, I'm okay at Japanese. Like, you know, I probably have, like, the understanding of a toddler. But, you know, like, I still have, like, some understanding of Japanese. And then I've been doing it for about two years at this point. And then she basically comes along and does two weeks worth of practice. And actually, she, she's at the same level as me. And I was I'm like... Fuck this shit! Like, I was like, I, I can't. I literally just gave it up right on the spot. I was like, fuck this! I can't do this. This is ridiculous. Goodbye. <laughs> but I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> However, I have been doing Duolingo Spanish for now five hundred days. That's pretty awesome. It is. Spanish I, also seems more achievable than Japanese. I also go to um, places that speak Spanish way more than I go to places that speak Japanese, which is never. So you know. <laughs> I've at least been to like a few Spanish islands where I've never been to Japan. Although I'd love to go to Japan. Yeah, me too. Patreon us. So we can Yeah, that's it. Go like, to Japan. I mean, <laughs> we don't have Patreon yet, but you know, when we get to that level. Keep this in mind. Hell yeah, we can do tarot reading in Japan. Yeah, we won't spend any of the Patreon money on making the podcast better. <laughs> or like investing in ourselves. Yeah, no, we'll go to Japan. <laughs> But then maybe there's like that Japanese religion where it's like they believe like Shintoism where there's like lots of creatures and nature and stuff. Oh. That would be a really cool thing to do a podcast about. So Ooh. we could go over there and do that. That would yeah. be cool. We should um, we should make an episode on that. Yeah, sometime. Um, what was I talking about before I went on the tangent? I don't really know. Uh, like little memorizations, an app or whatever. Oh yes, there was an app. Oh yes, and one of the, because um, the Hangman is actually one of the, beginning cars in the major arcana uh that came up a lot yeah. and uh and i just thought that car meant patience yeah as in it just meant like sitting observing yeah watching. that would be in line with the robert rider wait yeah. yeah that's what i i i felt how that's what that card meant to me i don't feel like i had a negative connotation at all because also like whenever i see a picture of the hangman He's always hanging, oh, in this one, he's, like, hanging from some kind of, like, yoga, yeah. like, strap thing. <laughs> and, and I think in the one that I saw that you briefly pulled out. Yeah, he looks so chilled. Yeah, that's it. He looked, like, cool, like, he's just hanging there. 
like he's not yeah there you go he's just hanging up some hands loving life yeah he's not like hanged by the neck yeah. which when you say like hanged man you kind of think like oh yeah no he's dead but it's like no no no, no, no it's the hanged man but he's alive he's just like chilling yeah so uh, it's an interesting interesting method of saying like oh there's actually quite a different interpretation between each part yeah so yeah no it's interesting I also think the one in the Golden Dawn Tower are more used for like ritual magic like we're getting back into the sphere of like actual magic magic where um, the Robert Ryder Wade Smith isn't so much like this can be used for like there's like I was reading through it and it's like banishing rituals and stuff. I was like, hey, this like links back to my oh, chaos yeah, magic chaos research. Magic, yeah. But like the Robert Ryder Smith book was, wasn't so much like about that. So I guess they maybe changed the meaning a little bit for like each ritual. It's, it's interesting because yeah, like I said on the on the Facebook, there's a lot of different decks that actually have lots of different meanings. And something that I wanted to research for this, but didn't get time to, was oracle cards. Yeah, but I my no idea what that is. my understanding of oracle cards is that they are like tarot cards, but their meaning is a lot more um, uh, straightforward, I suppose. Yeah. Like you you draw a card and it literally will say what it means on the card, and um, that's not to say that it's like any inferior or anything to tarot cards it's just a different way of sort of interpreting meaning yeah. so um generally oracle cards are bigger and they are um they're less cards than, than the, the 78 that you get in a tarot deck but um but they also have like different meanings and um sort of different associations with those particular cards that don't necessarily resonate through to the tarot yeah. so it's just a different way of like interpreting meaning and i was meaning to get some actually and like, i think i will i will if i see a good deck around at some point i think i will actually get some there's so many and i was thinking like oh no what if i make the wrong choice or what if i get the wrong ones <laughs> and i'm thinking like hmm yeah, no, maybe I'd I, I like an awkward card deck, but uh, not right now. And also, I just love my deck so much. I love my tarot cards. And I want to say, oh, I, I don't necessarily see myself getting another deck at this point in time because I'm kind of like, I just love them so much. That, they're so awesome. I really wanted to like research more of the Alistair Crowley Thoth cards, or like, oh, yeah. um, which I just want out of time on and can do. You should um, definitely maybe look into that as a mini episode or potentially. I'm pretty really like, sure we could just do a full episode on that. Like, there's so really? much to it. Like, you have to read like at least two books to understand it, apparently. Oh, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a lot. <laughs> but I wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, I just ran out of time. So, even it's interesting. Like, even as we go to it, we're still. It, again, like, all of this stuff, it feels like every time, like, you. Like, I read three books on Chaos Magic, and I read three books on tarot cards, and you've read, what, two books and a whole YouTube series on tarot cards? Yeah. And I still feel like I'm only, like, scratching the surface Same. of all the symbolism and all the meanings. Yeah, exactly. I, I really feel like there is so much more to learn about it, but then I feel like I want to learn about this in time rather than, yeah. like, you know, quick, short bursts, because I do really love it. I do really love it. Is there anything else you want to particularly, like, cover when it comes to tarot cards? Um, no, I think I think we've been through everything. It's been kind of a um, more free-reading episode than sometimes. Um, I liked it. It's cool. Yeah, it's been fun. I, I was thinking, like, we could do each other readings. Yeah, I was going to say that should be a mini-episode. Oh, okay. Well, check back next time for a mini-episode on when we do each other's readings, I suppose. So but so to sum up, like, I, I think, like, each time we tend, we were going to tend to, like, say at the end of the episode whether, like, we believe in the stuff more or less, mm-hmm. or and if we're going to keep with it, um, yeah. and how much of a believer it made us. So, um, I guess if you've been like listening to the podcast, you can kind of get Kaz's answer. Yeah, I um, love it. I think it's really interesting. I've never really been into something magical before, and um, and I really feel that tarot cards. Um, 
but they, they resonate, resonate with me. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm not, not going to be like one of those people who like fight to the death on it, or like I'm going to have like a keyboard warrior argument argument with someone over the internet about how amazing tarot cards are and like how they should totally 100% believe in them. But for me, I love them, and I think they're very. They're very cool. They have a lot of energy associated with them. I personally like the messages that they give off, and I I really enjoy using them. I really enjoy doing meanings on them, and yeah, no, I I just I love it. I love it. I think I'm going to continue. I think I believe in it. I think I'm definitely going to continue um, using tarot cards. Awesome. How about you? I um probably believe in it, but I don't understand why. Uh, because I didn't understand any of my research. Um, I'm definitely going to keep looking into it. And I really want to start from a much more basic place and then work my way up. But for me, like, because as I've said, my research was so, so, so confusing. Um, it's like I'm looking at something I really don't understand, but it annoys me because I know the stuff there that's really interesting and cool. Um, so I would like to spend maybe the next 10 years <laughs> trying to get to a place where I grasp it um, because I really there's something about the cards that like whenever I hold them I'm like these feel like something to me yeah they feel like yeah like um, there's weight to them yeah yeah, and that feel like the symbolism like when you read through like the uh, Golden Dawn the Tower but like the amount of symbolism they have put into each and every card is just incredible and like each one feels like so thought and power and meditated on and I think that's really cool so I am I I guess, yeah, I do, from the reasons we said earlier, like, a psychological tools to um, uncover new ways of knowledge and, like, even even the Kabbalah thing, which is very heady and very out there as, like, a way of, like, I guess, like, transversing the human condition and, like, trying to move forward through to, like, inner spiritualism. I can see that they could even work for that in a weird way, so... I'm going to spend more time in my free time researching them and um, I am going to try and get better at like readings and like stuff like that. So I guess this has been an, uh, overall a fairly positive experience for both of us. I think so, yeah. It's, it's definitely been, I mean, I, I appreciate you didn't have such a great time with the research aspect of it, but it still seems like you have the kind of the passion and the positivity there. So. Yeah, it's not so much I didn't have a great time, I had a confusing time. Yeah. But that can sometimes be exciting when you're reading about something you really don't understand and like but you want to yeah definitely like it feels like you're you even though you don't understand it and you, and it may have been like very confusing while you've been reading it you still want to read about it more yeah and i still want to understand it because it didn't it wasn't like i hate this i don't understand it fuck this which is kind of like, my base reaction to things i don't understand <laughs> and i don't get immediately so Hopefully I can overcome that in like future episodes. Yeah, it's more like, man, I'm out of my depth on something. So I, I want to be, but it's something I'm interested in. So I want to be within my depth. Mm. Um, so I guess what I need to do is learn how to swim. Oh, what a good analogy. Yeah. So. It's like you found a creative writing degree or something. But I didn't. You did though. No, I did an English degree. Oh, no, yeah. no, English degree. <laughs> <laughs> Show us how well I know you. Yeah, they're both Best friends. So it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. Sorry, I put your degree wrong. Yeah. We literally spent all of uni together. Yeah, again, I only... Yeah, they're both useless, so who cares? It's fine. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, um, I guess that's it for this episode. It is. We have to choose what we're going to do on the next big episode. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I chose last time, you should choose this time. I am so torn because there is part of me that wants to be like the Kabbalah because 
that seems to be popping up an awful, awful lot. It has in the last um, two episodes, yeah. But then I don't, I, I just don't want to. Um, because, it does seem like a lot. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could do the zodiac signs, like Aquarius. That's the zodiac signs, right? Yeah, astrology. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because in my, like, that's obviously something that's so controversial and mm. so many people ridicule. Um, but in my tower research, the, the zodiac signs kept coming up a lot and the, the symbology was important to a lot of the cards. Um, mm. So I would like to understand it from maybe more of a like academic level and what the symbology represents in magic and chaos magic and that kind of thing. Yeah, and then cool. maybe we can like get everyone yelling at us that we're like fucking idiots for believing in star signs. <laughs> But I, I mean, that sounds great. Let's do it. I strongly don't believe in horoscopes, but like apparently the symbology is quite important to a lot of these um, underpinnings of a lot of this stuff. Anyway, yeah, I totally get that. And honestly, like I know that there's a lot of mysticism around it. I'm not strictly like believing in, but by the same token, I do feel like I am my star sign. Like yeah. the way that it talks about it, I'm like, oh no, that is me. But then I'm like, oh, but if I was something else, would I be that? Um, I guess like. It would be a really fun little challenge for the listeners, to, for them to guess what our uh, yeah. star signs are for next episode. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be. Um, so yeah, I think like I think that's probably my pick. That would be cool. When I uh, do an Instagram post, we can, I can ask what people think our star signs are. Doesn't Instagram have your birthday one? I guess it doesn't. No, no not if you make a new one. Go. Cool. Which I will be doing. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. This has been Journey into the Strange. I'm Kaz. I'm Mal. And thank you very much for joining us. Keep on stranging. Keep on stranging. I like that. Yeah. We should use that. Yeah, it could be a tagline. I like it. Bye. Bye.